This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of March 25th, 2018. This is the road to 2020. And this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. And today... We're putting our march through XFL City Madness on hold to talk football AF. This is episode eight, the Alliance of American Football. It's called the saddest Sunday in America. The first of six months with no football. For millions of fans, it means they'll stop watching sports altogether. For thousands of players who miss their shot, the dream of playing slips farther away. Football is like America. Both are built on opportunity, hard work, and innovation. As a sport and a nation, we root for the believers the long shots, the early risers, and the never quitters, the ones who invent the future. We never know where greatness will come from, but we know it always starts with the same question. What if, what if football didn't have to end in February? What if players who missed the big show by a fraction of a second or a tenth of an inch, finally got a second chance to change football forever. What if we brought football into the 21st century? What if we didn't have to say, what if? In February of 2019, some of the most respected minds in the history of the game will come together to form the Alliance of American Football. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, we had to call it call this week uh, call an audible because we did plan on going through the east region of our XFL City Madness to come down to the best two eastern cities, and we will do that next week. But you heard that announcement. That was followed by a huge press conference on March twentieth, twenty eighteen. Charlie Ebersol. The son of Dick Ebersol, former NBC executive and XFL founding father, announced that he and a group of highly respected football people have been secretly putting together a new football league for the last more than a year. Three years, it's even rumored. And that football league is indeed called the Alliance of American Football. Charlie Ebersol's the head of this league. He directed the XFL 30 for 30 episode on ESPN Guys, this audible kind of an emergency episode was called. 
big, big news, and it's not even from the XFL. What was your initial reaction, Jake? Um, I, before I get to my initial reaction, I don't think it's him, but the guy doing the voiceover work for just what we heard, is it the guy from the ranch that does like the Coors Light commercials? No, or the, the no Ram trucks? that was not but Sam they, Elliott. No, <laughs> no, okay. it had a similar vibe to it. Coors, I thought. the banquet beer. No, it was not him, but yeah, similar. Okay. I mean, you told me this right away and, uh, you know, initially it, it almost felt like a, you know, like a copycat league or, or a shotgun wedding or something. You know, I, I never heard anything about this. I, I got to ask Brian, you know, before you give your reactions, do you think this was really secretly planned for a couple of years? No, not in, not in the least. Do I think this was in any, maybe it was on the back of a napkin. Well, there there are, point. there are, there are some, some uh, very fishy things we're going to look at a little bit later on in the show, Brian, that might change your mind on that. I did some uh, digging. I, I but I, just looking at the presentation, I've sat here and watched the the whole presentation, like the Steve Jobs wannabe guy, and he, it's, something's irking me. It's irking me right to my core. Wow, and, uh, Brian, Brian's initial it's, reaction it's really was hot about this. Your, <laughs> your initial reaction was screw this guy. This they're <laughs> stepping on the XFL's toes, and I, a lot of people actually reacted that way. Uh, actually, on uh, the XFL boards uh, website that uh, always shows the podcast love. Shout out to everybody on XFLboard.com who talks about the show and uh, sends out links. Uh, I saw one thread was just the the title for it was uh oh. So a lot of people <laughs> see this as uh, bad for the XFL, but then there are a litany of conspiracies also that we're going to have to go over, and we'll go over some more details about the league, but just to give you a, a glimpse before we get there, uh, the league will launch, they said, in 2019, February 9th to be exact. We know that there will be 10 regular season games for this Alliance of American Football. XFL. We know that there are very, very well-respected, very major familiar names involved in the league already they already have a tv XFL. partner uh digital strategy XFL. their website is pretty great what's what are you saying xfl for because all those things were in the xfl at the beginning of the xfl's 2001 that's season. that's Continue true on. but the that's true but the xfl doesn't actually have any details other than we're going to have all this stuff the aaf actually does have all these things and that's the big difference, and that's what actually has a lot of people also interested in this more so than the XFL. The website is actually pretty great. There's some content there as well. It's going to be an eight-team league. Three, they even give us a time frame. Next three months, we're going to hear what cities these teams will be in. With that said, Jake, let's go to this week in the XFL, and I want you to take a guess. What do you think was the latest on the XFL's website, XFL.com, this week? Uh, this yeah, big I'm, announcement. Big I'm announcement out, from a rival. Yeah, I'm going with a long shot, and maybe like the XFL took a little jab at him or something, you know, something a little cheeky. Uh, no. You know. This nope. is the future. This. No, not at all. Anything? Nothing. Nothing. Radio Nothing. silence still. Nothing on XFL.com. <laughs> What about the XFL Twitter, well, Bryant? What, what do you think that was updated on there with this big AAF announcement? Uh, I would say their last tweet probably gained about seven more days since the last time ago, something like that. Uh, that's true because nothing has happened since those wacky cartoons 
on Super Bowl Sunday on Twitter. What about Facebook, Jake? Think there's been a Facebook update? No, I'm I'm thinking maybe they're just you know locked up in the war room, you know, strategizing. So I'm going to say nothing. 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 No announcement. No reactions. Obviously, media people reached out to the XFL with the announcement of the Alliance of American Football. Nothing from the XFL reacting to this. And that could be seen as a wise strategy, not even acknowledging it, or it also could be seen in other ways. This is the most interesting week since the fateful day where Vince McMahon stepped in front of a green screen and announced the return of the XFL. Wow. The Alliance of American Football. First off, before we go over the details of this league, do you think if these two leagues both do indeed launch, do you think there's room for both of them to succeed? Uh, both to succeed, I don't think so. Perhaps both to coexist for you know one to three seasons, possibly. Honestly, I could see guys, the same people, you know, playing in both leagues. You know, probably not whenever they're competing or if they'll be competing with each other, but say, say next year, somebody playing in this this alliance, you know, they could jump to the XFL after that, all, you know, trying to make themselves look better for the NFL, possibly. But, I mean, these leagues are going to be running concurrently. Well, they, they will, but next year, you know, the, the alliance still have it all to themselves. Yeah, these league these leagues... Uh, presumably will be going on at the same time once the XFL gets going in 2020. And if it's more football, if it's more football year round, if one of them gets pushed back, say the XFL pivots plan was to start soon after the NFL. Maybe they start 10 weeks after the NFL at the tail end of the AAF. And then that just gives us football. AF is the cool kids say, Jake, you know what that stands for? Uh, I do not. Football AF, Bryant, do you know what that stands for? I don't know what kind of show we're running here, but it's... Uh, um, it's fo- yeah. <laughs> Football as censored for our uh, our younger listeners. Uh. Football as F, as the cool kids say. That is football as F, Jake, which means all the football. Football leagues year-round. I think this country could, could enjoy that. Charlie Ebersol in this press conference talked a lot, a lot about all the months of fantasy football lists fans out there just aching for fantasy football nothing to do nothing to be watching and plotting for and planning and playing uh, other than you know there's other sports other fantasy sports but fantasy football really is the granddaddy you could maybe have that for the majority of the year if you had three leagues running but I think that's that's kind of that's kind of I think a pie in the sky dream of him before we go into the details of the league here because there is the CFL, Bryant, and they have a fantasy football. But is anyone in America playing that? That's do you know anybody? Frankly, that, that has not a, a degenerate. <laughs> I I uh, do. I know degenerates who who can't who are addicted to fantasy sports that play daily CFL. Yes. <laughs> I I don't know when the CFL season runs. I feel like it's here and there and in between. So I don't. I mean, as Americans, I don't think we're focusing too much on. Canadian Football League, maybe he has a thing with this fantasy football aspect of it all. But at the same time, if you don't know who the players are, who do you? How do you know who to draft? You know. The, the, well, the you, thing about this, this league is there. There should be a lot of familiar names in here. If you're a really big football fan, you probably watch college football, and this league could see a lot of the players not making it in the NFL. Uh, but 
and, and it'd be a de facto uh, kind of a minor league. 252 players are drafted every year. Another 200 are probably signed as undrafted free agents coming out of the draft. So you're talking about 450 players, the top players of the NFL, of the uh, NCAA going into the NFL. That's 400 names. If you divide by how many teams there are, that's four players per team. Can you tell me that you know at least four players for every single team in the NCAA? Yeah, but you're also forgetting that that's not going to be per team because most of those players are coming from Alabama. So you're, you're, <laughs> but you're well, if we're going to use averages, <laughs> we're just using averages at this point. Fantasy football relies on the fact that you know the players. You're not going to know how well these players played last season, obviously, because they don't really have a last season unless you count the NCAA. But the rules, unless they mirror the NCAA, aren't going to be the same. So. I don't know. Fantasy football took forever to take off in the NFL, and when it did, it did go off. But it it wasn't like the first year it happened, everybody loved it. Well, that's true. It built up from, from the 80s through the 90s, and now it, it basically is the lifeblood of the league. Uh, the um, Alliance of American Football, though, I think its main goal is to probably, it seems like, be a minor league and a, and a, and a very safe kind of uh, – a, a safe haven for players, a place where players who maybe feel like the NFL might not be for them is a place that they could go play football professionally and instead of breaking their necks to go you know, play for a league that maybe they won't make as much that much more, some of the lower-tier players, maybe this might be an option for them. But mostly it'll be a minor league, it seems like. It will also be heavily... Uh, heavily in the in the collective consciousness of America because they have a pretty sweet TV deal. CBS airing the league's very first game. CBS Sports Network airing a game each and every single week. And every game will be streamed on the AAF app. They're going to have an app. And I think that is fantastic. The championship game is going to be on network TV as well, on CBS. To start off with a TV deal is huge. Something the XFL, once again, did not have. The AAF has a whole plan in place for digital uh, streaming and for television. That's big. Yeah, I think that is, you know, the biggest, most significant news coming out of this. CBS, you know, one of the big three networks out there that, you know, even if you only got, you know, a a set of rabbit ears, you're still going to be able to pick it up. And, you know, you're not going to be able to watch every single game on there, but you're going to have, I think what the, uh, the championship and the kickoff game. I thought they said, is that right? The first, the very first game and the championship game will be on the big eyeball network. And then CBS sports network, which is gaining a little bit of steam and getting into more households. will also carry a game of the week type deal. So now this, that sports network, is that that thing you got to pay for that? Like star Trek is on. No, that's the CBS. That's CBS All Access. That's where, yeah, you could get the fancy Star Trek. Uh, CBS Sports Network is part of your probably your cable uh, providers' sports package, or maybe even their their extra sports package because it's kind of tough to get in some markets. Well, that that that's still you know really good that they're they have a TV deal and you don't have to uh, you know log on to your computer or or you know. Chromecast it from your phone just to watch it. Even even though you know there are going to be some of those, but well, I, there I think- will, there will. It's a, if your team's not playing on that in that game of the week, you're going to be watching on the app, which is totally fine in 21st century, and that's what people are are people will enjoy that. And actually, Wired, I watched the CFL that way. I kind of got into it two years ago. League starts in June, and I'm all for more football. You're talking about 
If you're a football junkie, you have the CFL in June. You have these leagues right after the NFL season. And we're headed towards a utopia of football. And, you know, people say, even as a football fan, I don't know, this might be too much. I don't see how it could be. As long as these plays, these leagues are distributed uh, in an a, a easily accessible fashion, like this league will be, I'm interested. Now, this does step on the XFL's toes, and I'm a big XFL fan, and that's the most interesting part of this. And that's what has uh, Bryant so hot today, Jake, because he feels like this threatens the XFL, don't you? It's not that I feel that it threatens the XFL, as I think there is there's a lot of holes to be. I mean, you're talking about CBS being like they're big, they have a TV deal. I'm like, I think if I have enough money, I can pay CBS to let me be on their network. It's not, and they're only on there twice, and it's on a Saturday night, which I believe is kind of the cheapest night of the week to buy television. So. Is it that impressive? I mean, there's a lot of hole poking, and I just can. I, you know, but what I about all? I mean, come browser. on, let's be honest. There's nothing buttholes in the XFL announcement. There was no details on anything. There are no but details. That was, but 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 yeah, because there is no details. That's why it's an idea that he's gonna Vince McMahon's gonna bring out over the next two years. This sounded like, oh my god, the XFL just came out. We got to do something because we want to be on before the XFL. So let's do exactly what the XFL did last time and rush this and make it a complete cluster f. Oh, is what it feels right. like to me. We're we're gonna get to some of the conspiracies and also the facts that I found out about this league being put together. I can't wait for that. But let, let's talk about the people who are involved in this because there are actual people involved. The XFL. Jake, can you name me uh, all the people you know right now that are uh, involved in the front office of the XFL and putting the league together? Um, name every person you know. Okay. Uh, Vince McMahon. Um, well, we know Vince McMahon uh, for sure. That, <laughs> who was that guy that was at a corporate, uh, corporate offices last week? Oh, Freddie, Freddie Mitchell, for the rumored from Freddie Mitchell. <laughs> I don't think they're putting him in the front office. <laughs> yeah. He might work in the office, but. Yeah, yeah. No, only Vince McMahon. Uh, the Alliance of American Football has the, uh, some very positive attention. Unlike the XFL announcement, which of course came any Vince McMahon endeavor, uh, it instantly came with people bashing it. It came with a lot of. Uh, people trying to poke holes through it and laughing at it. The Alliance of American Football, though, has names behind it that are very well respected and has piqued some of the – I guess you would call – Brian, you, you, I think all of us would call these people kind of snobs, people who are going to stick their nose up at anything Vince McMahon does. They see these names, though, and they're going to say, hmm, well, now you have some well-respected individuals, and they do. Uh, Charlie Ebersol's – they're just I, I, like who? They're, they're, people are going to be saying they're just like me. I remember that guy playing for my team in the NFL. Well, yeah, because yeah, they got they have players. They also have a former NFL executives and Hall of Famers. Even Charlie Ebersol, uh, they even have rules. He's the CEO, and their website even has the faces of the of the league, the people in charge, and their roles. Bill Polian is an NFL Hall of Famer, former former general manager in the NFL. Uh, he's a co-founder of the league. He's the head of football operations troy palomalu greatest safety of all time pittsburgh steeler great head of player relations uh you're or you know this is this is kind of odd actually i just noticed this bill polian <laughs> bill polian is listed as the head of football while jk mckay who's also a former executive and uh is the head of football operations 
I don't know if there's a, a typo on their there's website. A, there's a difference, I'm sure. I can't uh, tell you what it is. <laughs> I thought you were going to point out the fact that most of the people have uh, pictures, but surprisingly, one, you know, very well-known former Super Bowl MVP who, you know, I would think you could just get yeah. a stock photo or, photo or a Getty yeah. image. You know, he just has the <laughs> football. With the right. Yeah, because as we look at the league executives page, yeah, you see Troy Polamalu, head of player relations, J.K. McKay, football operations, Tom Veit, Veit, head of business operations, Jared Allen, he's right there, player relations executive, and then the other player relations executive, Heinz Ward. Yeah, there's just a, a logo instead of a picture. You know, you know what? I, I know why. I oh my god! I just realized it. These pictures are—they're all wearing the exact same thing they were wearing in that video. That's when they took them. Ebersol has his like half button down dress uh, shirt. Allen has his like little sweater vest that he had a zipper on. So does Troy Polamalu. These are all taken that day. Oh, this is. I'm telling you, there's something fishy about all this, guys. <laughs> all right, guys, get together. We got to take our executive's picture. Maybe they're just wearing the same clothes that they wore like a year ago whenever they took these photos to get the website ready. You know, we don't know that. You know, executive people in the executive world, world, Bryant, they have their power suits and they wear them to every big, you know, event. So maybe that's it. Maybe Jared Allen just dresses like he's. Uh, having a nice dinner in a cabin every time he goes to a big press conference. <laughs> Going skiing. <laughs> he has the exact same shirt and sweater every so, time. This is, Heinz Ward, uh, though, is involved. He's he's a player relations executive. He got a, They have a board of directors consisting of two people, Dick Ebersol and Keith Reb, Raboy, or Rabwa. And then you Rabois. have player engagement board of advisors, Justin Tuck, a one-man board. Okay, not gonna he's lie a one-man board. Uh, yeah, Justin Tuck is not playing. Uh, but those are all the faces of the league. And uh pretty impressive list of guys. You well you pretty much know all the you know all those players, those executives. Obviously Bill Pullian's on ESPN, so you you've seen his face everywhere. I have to say Charlie Ebersall at least got very well respected football people to help him put this thing together, allegedly over the last three years, Bryant. Allegedly. Um, you know what? I will give him that. He, there's some big names on here, ones that I can recognize more than what the XFL has today. Um, yeah, he he came with an announcement that looks way more official than what the XFL did. Yeah, and I mean, I th- I think you know having real people attached to roles, um, you know that that makes it more legitimate. Whenever you're starting a new promotion, it's always good to have a couple legends. And, you know, that, that's something that they're putting together right now. Now, uh, I can't tell you what a player engagement board of advisor would do or, or how many player relations executives uh, they actually need. But, you know, you, you got some name power behind there. That, yeah, you do. And like Brian said, more official. What This came off as kind of like a – like you said, he, you said Steve Jobs wannabe. It came off kind of like a TED Talk kind of uh, very intellectual, but also came off kind of uh, like one of those big tech companies revealing a new product, a new Apple gizmo. Whereas Vince McMahon came off like Vince McMahon. It it came off grandiose, even though he was subdued and not screaming, this is the new XFL. It still came off like pro wrestling. It had the fancy graphics. It had a rap video. That's why I think the initial reaction to this versus the initial reaction of the XFL, 
this is being taken more seriously, it feels like, this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's I, – I don't know if it's been taken more seriously, but it looks more official. I will say that. Now, how they're going to come up with eight teams, um, you know, in basically ten and a half months and – Oh no, they've been doing this for three years. And a fan base and, and where they're gonna play. And, so that's all known. That's all known at this point. They're just holding off the information. Well, why won't they tell you know, us? Dick Ebersall said you cannot give them all the information on the first meeting because then they're gonna come back for the second one when you have more to tell them. What if they're coming to my town? I mean, why do you need more than nine months to get ready for that? This could take a long time. I don't even know if two years is enough, honestly. Well, over the next <laughs> Three months they're going to be announcing the cities, and uh, presumably because they've been plotting out what cities they'll have these games in, uh, as they've been developing this league in secrecy. Uh, we know other details about the league. There's going to be 50 man rosters, which is, I think, 10 more than the uh, XFL announced, right? The XFL was 40. And these will be built through regional-based drafts because the main goal will be to get players on teams in cities and regions where people will know them. So say there's a team in Iowa, Bryant, there's going to be a regional draft where players who maybe went to Iowa are going to be available to that team before all the other teams. So yeah, let's keep them in Iowa so that way nobody ever recognizes them. That makes perfect sense to me. Well, it's. I'm, I'm sorry for all the sarcasm. You guys are probably never going to have me back for this one, but it's just. There's so, okay, so they're going to have regional drafts. So you're allowed to pick players that live closer to you. Went they're to college a, there. Well, we don't know yes. if it's people that live in the area or just people that you know went to school in the area. Maybe it's people that live in the area just to try to cut down on you know travel costs. We don't know. Maybe well, they just. Gonna, want, maybe they're just going to bust them. They're going to try to get – because they want to get guys, players into into stadiums where people will actually know who they are and want to go see them play. That makes sense. But but, but if the one thing about the NFL that's been consistent for 100 years or whatever it's been now is that people don't go to the stadiums to watch people. They go to watch their team. The team is what matters. Well, I know Heinz people... Ward was a great Steeler, but no one went to the stadium to see Heinz Ward. They went because the Steelers were playing. Well, I'll give you that. I, I the, the, football, that. The, no, no, the NBA is like that. You go watch players. The, football is you do go watch a game. But in a league like this, I think it does behoove them to put guys who are maybe legends in the area for, that went to high school there or guys that went to college there. This that makes sense to me. The regional draft thing I like actually. I mean, I, I support the logo, but you know, <laughs> there's a reason all those people go out and buy a jersey with somebody else's last name on it. So I, I think people <laughs> do go there for the players too. Uh, some more details on the Alliance of American Football. There will be no TV timeouts. There will be sixty uh, percent fewer commercials. I, I don't believe it. What do you mean you don't believe it? That's the I don't place. believe it. No TV timeouts. and They don't want to make money. They don't want to make money. It's all it is. It's, it's, we're going to not make money in this league. What? Soccer doesn't have TV timeouts. Their field is littered with advertisements. The, the men wear advertisements on their jerseys. So maybe that's Soccer, what the AAF will be. I don't, I don't, they should have mentioned that because I don't see how they're making money. Continue, please. 
Well, I, I mean, the XFLs are already flirted with no TV timeouts and less commercials. And you, why are you knocking the AAF when the XFL brought well, that up? It, I don't believe them that either. Up. It's it's just a you know, it's it's lip service. <laughs> you guys, it's all right to like the XFL and be interested in this league. You do know. It's, Here's what's going. This isn't choosing battle lines. We're not. I mean, some they're saying battle lines are being drawn, but you can like both. I just like football. But when it comes down to it, I mean, one of these is not going to make it unless they become one, right? And that and that's what the the fact is. If either one of these are going to survive, the other one can't, because there's not enough room for these two leagues to go concurrently through spring. It's not going to happen. I mean, we know competition is always good for the sports, and controversy surely creates cash. So, I mean, I I don't think one would necessarily run the other one out in the first season that they could go head-to-head. I I mean, at least for a few years, imagine if you get three leagues with distinctly different rules, the NFL with their rules. This league's going to have no kickoffs uh, and no onside kicks. Instead, the the team that's trailing – would get the ball on their own 35-yard line and face fourth and 10. Uh, there's That's very interesting. It's an onside kick kind of alternative there. They're going to have a 30-second play clock, shorter play clock, mandatory two-point conversions. So the AAF has different rules from the NFL in place. Now the XFL has the ability to see what the AAF's doing here and even go, differentiate from them, then you'd have three leagues with distinctly different rules of football, and that really could maybe maybe once and for all bring us to a universal rule, rule set for the game of football, which seemingly has the rules change every single year. Yeah. I mean, I think because of this announcement, you know, we're going to get even somehow less news from the XFL that we're even getting now. If that's possible, I think they're going to sit back and uh, watch how some stuff works out. Uh, uh, Brian, I, I don't tell me what's so bad about kickoffs. Why does the sport of football just hate kicking anymore? <laughs> I think I understand the danger aspect, but the one thing I've I, and here, look, I, I I do not have children. I, I have not had that honor or privilege yet. But when my children grow up, they are not going to play American football for the sheer fact that it's dangerous. You become a football player knowing that the danger is there, and kickoffs seem like something that always should be a part of football. And if you're taking those away for player safety, I understand it, but at the same time, the risk lies sometimes with the players knowing what they're getting themselves into. You have to have a screw loose to really enjoy playing on a kickoff play. I I mean, growing up playing football for, I guess I played for seven years years, of my youth, uh, and always the craziest kids are the ones that really got into kickoffs. Uh, if you want, <laughs> they're, if you, not, if, they're not taking the eight or or even if you if even if you were on it and you were good at it, you and you you didn't like it, but you knew that it was an, it was necessary so that you could earn a spot elsewhere on the field. Kickoffs aren't even players aren't into kickoffs. That's why I'm sure the league is fi- all leagues are fine with getting rid of them. The NFL's been slowly phasing them out. Basically, they're null and void now. With touchbacks, are so easy to for kickers these days. But that—that's why the danger, and that's the most dangerous part of a football game, is the kickoff. 
breaking wedges, Jake. It's very dangerous. Yeah, I, I've, I've never played the game, so I guess firsthand I, can, I can't speak on it. It's just I, I like my kicking in football. Well, yeah, they're also getting – the AAF's also getting rid of the one-point uh, extra point, only two-point conversions. The, XF, the XFL, yes, did that, and the AAF is adopting that. The AAF, Charlie Ebersole and Bill Polian talked about the players they're going to go after. They said there's a significant amount of football talent looking to begin or extend their professional careers, according to Bill Polian. The Alliance will provide those players with a new opportunity to compete at a high level. Our players and fans are the lifeblood of the Alliance, and we will treat them as such. The hashtag for their their handles on social media, at AAF League, is hashtag join the Alliance, Bryant. You know, and, and I brought this up last week. With um, with the calendar, right? What is going to be the XFL's calendar year looking like? And now with the AAF uh, wanting people to join the alliance, this includes players and fans. If you go to their website, they have a link. Be a player. Be a fan. Um, how is it going to work, right? Because right now I would think is the crop of college players that are going to be available to them come next year, next spring. Because the draft... And college football basically is going to be going on while these, while spring training, quote unquote, or training camp goes on for the AAF. So they're they're crunching it, and this is kind of what the XFL did last time, and what was the one thing they regretted. And and Vince McMahon said that in his press conference, right? He said that we're going to take things slower. We're going to give ourselves two years. We're not going to do this in one year. I worry about where they're going to get these players from and how quickly they're going to get everything together. They don't have coaches. They don't have general managers. They didn't mention anything about salary structure or you know insurance, all that type of stuff that requires players that is required for players to actually sign on. I do believe they talked about player health though, and they did say that players would uh, kind of had of a better deal when it comes to health and if they're not playing in the league. You know, if they are knocked out due to injury, so they have some plans in place in that regard. But yeah, they have they do have less than a year to put r- rosters together, get not only put rosters together, but get cities and teams together as well. So that is very interesting and very similar to the original XFL, and that is one advantage the new XFL would have over this AAF. But once again, this league has allegedly been in the works for three years, and now we could get to are conspiracies, and there are a lot of them. The Here's what I found through the, the Deadspin article that they wrote about why this league was created, and apparently the parent company of the AAF, is it's called Legendary Field Exhibitions, LLC, and that, that LLC filed with the state of Delaware not three years ago, not a year ago, but four days after the tweets the XFL sent out on Super Bowl Sunday, the AAF trademarks, their logo and everything, you know, the join the alliance and all that, those were filed the week after that, but under another LLC called Football Historians LLC. So there's two LLCs involved here. It's been said this thing's been in the works for three years, but... All that stuff was filed. All the important legal stuff was filed four days after Super Bowl Sunday. Nobody knows 
exactly if this reported three years is for real. But those import those right there are red flags, Bryant, and that's what might make the most. That's what might kind of make what you're saying true. Uh, this league is uh, it's it maybe has been planned for like thought of about they thought about it that long ago, but all the important stuff that they should have been doing over that time. Maybe they've been doing it over the course of the last few months. Well, you know what? And, and I didn't even know any of this stuff uh, coming into this when I thought. I was just I literally watched the 25 minutes of, uh, of the video that you sent me earlier. But to me, the biggest thing also is that nothing that they've said has shown that they've been doing this for three years, right? No, All the rules, all that stuff they've announced just seems like stuff you can – you know, we talk about with ourselves. You know, we're having a cold one at a parking lot before a game. Or oh, maybe the they were listening. We talk about. Maybe they were listening to one of this is the XFL show episodes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then and then these titles they're giving all these people. It's like they're like Oprah with vacations. They're just giving people titles, right? You're the head of football. Hey, well, you're you're head of football operations over there. Yeah, you over there, and head of player relations. But you're the player relations executive. Like it's official, but it's like too too official in terms of they just wanted to sound legit and i feel like everything they said just was something somebody scribbled on the back of a napkin it so did, you feel like it's a lot fishy. a lot of wi- a lot of window dressing a lot of uh you know the what's up front looks nice and fancy and neat and well done but behind it there's something there's something dark there's something maybe even sinister going on with this league we don't know is it there i saw something on online People are saying the NFL is behind the AAF. They have a Hall of Famer Bill <laughs> Polian involved, a bunch of XF NFL players, and they're doing this to maybe, uh, you know, step on the toes and and screw the XFL over. Maybe cause it to lose some steam. The AAF comes in, it sets up and and fizzles, or maybe sets up as a great minor league for the NFL, and then there's no room for the XFL, Jake. That's one conspiracy we've heard. So you think that you know it's possible that Goodell could be the higher power behind yeah. all this? Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, well, <laughs> it, that could... it sounds fishy, but I wouldn't pass it. Put that. I wouldn't put it past that man. Um, <laughs> it was I mean, me, McMahon. It was me all along, Roger Goodell. I mean, perhaps this is just a big coincidence. You know that they they signed all this stuff. You know, a couple days after the XFL. Uh, perhaps there's, you know, a, an old notebook dated from three years ago where they were, you know, drafting all this up, but they just didn't feel like it was, uh, you know, worth filing the trademarks until uh, a later date. Perhaps this, this, uh, what's his name? This Charlie character. Maybe Charlie Ebersol. Yeah, maybe you he see was, the sneaks. Oh my god. Maybe he was doing this XFL documentary right. you know, for more work. Uh, for, you know more uh, more clues into what to yes. do with his league. Well, that's another one. The Deadspin article also brings that up. Uh, the XFL uh, documentary. This was the XFL by Charlie Ebersol. They're saying maybe his intentions for that documentary were not journalistic. It wasn't to make a, a film, really, as much it was to get an even deeper glimpse into what his dad and Vince McMahon put together back then, so he could learn and he could plot and set up his own. Alliance of American Football. Maybe a young Charlie Ebersol back in 2001 saw his papa putting this crazy league together with this this crazy man Vince McMahon, and he just was enamored. And he said, "One day I'm gonna I'm gonna do this the right way, 
and uh, maybe he that's the the sole reason he made the documentary and he got all the info and he's trying to do all the things that they did wrong the right way and he got Bill Polian and a bunch of ex-players and that's something they didn't do maybe that's the reason that one seems like the most logical to me but but again nothing that he's said has shown that he's gotten any insight on like all these problems and all these issues that they've uh, you know trying to fix that the xfl did the wrong the first time it feels like the aaf is doing them now he's doing the exact same things the xfl did that no but he's doing a lot of things right give him credit for the things he's doing right even if there's you might call it window dressing even though that website which is so neat and has the faces of the executives the fact is he has executives he has a whole team Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol were these two gunslingers who came out after the NFL back in 2000. Uh, this is this is much different than that. Uh, it's it feels a little bit like it's smarter people putting it together and football people putting it together, unlike the XFL. Uh, the perception is much different than the XFL was then and even now. So give them credit for that. It's different in that regard. But then you know, no teams. No, no info on the players really that what they're gonna have. That's a big thing. And what, what's the number one thing Vince McMahon said the new XFL is gonna be all about, Bryant? Do you remember? It's the quality of the play. Players and that the player. I mean, the, there's the players. Here's one thing that I do remember, and you're right. The players and the quality of play. People want to see quality football, right? They don't want to go to pay $45 to watch the same game they can watch at their local high school for free, right? Um, But you have to entice these players. And that was something that I always take from that documentary is you don't have to pay the players a lot. You just have to pay them more than everybody else is paying them to get them to come to your league. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. So can Charlie and this whole AAF get the right players by just offering them a little bit more than what the CFL will offer, what the... Um, well, Mexican Football League will offer all these yeah, leagues, the AA, you know, Arena Football League. Um, if well, you the can thing pay is, more, we haven't mentioned it yet, but there are some billionaire companies and people behind this as well. Uh, not on the front page of AAF's website, but Peter Thiel, uh, Peter, he's a billionaire. He, a tech billionaire, he has money in this. The company that owns Barstool Sports is is involved in this. So big money is backing this this Alliance of American football. So maybe players will get paid a decent amount. We don't know anything about the salaries. Like you said, though, Uh, we saw some more conspiracy theories that I want to go through real quick before we get out of here. Uh, A loyal listener at Birmingham busker on Twitter tweeted at us guys at XFL show, by the way, everybody to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Birmingham busker said, is it just me or does the hashtag AAF sound like one of those, Stories about robber barons selling their product below cost to drive the competition out of business is the point to eat up the talent pool the XFL will need to draw from. Part of me wonders if the whole point of the AAF is to eat up the limited supply of talent that will be available to the XFL, thereby neutralizing their potential as a rival to the NFL. I mean, to that, I say it's possible. You know, uh, even if Goodell is not the higher power, is what each team's going to have fifty players, and how many teams are there? Eight. Eight teams. Eight or ten. I mean, that's that's a lot of guy. 
you know? Bigger um, rosters. I mean, I'm more football, you know, I, I feel I feel better about all the workers, you know, the people that maybe aren't going to make the cut for the NFL. They got somewhere to go, but, uh, you know, it's possible, you know, they just want to gobble up all the talent right now so that, you know, the XFL fails again. Uh, is it probable? I would say no. Yeah, th- that conspiracy, that seems like – that would lead me to believe, okay, you're alluding to the NFL's behind this. The NFL's trying to get the AAF to be kind of their unofficial minor league in that regard. I don't think that's the case. Really, the conspiracy I'm buying into is that young Charlie Ebersol had a dream to redo what his dad failed at, the XFL, and he started this alliance. That's what I think the, this whole deal's about. And he, he made, yeah, sure, maybe he was sneaky when he made that documentary. His dad and Vince McMahon didn't even know he was doing this, maybe. Maybe they did, because there is the conspiracy as well that Vince McMahon never even planned on launching the XFL for real. And that that whole uh, January press conference was a ruse to bring up the XFL so that when Charlie Ebersol announces the Alliance of American Football, it's even more interesting and it sounds like it's more official and more put together and more coherent than the XFL, and it gives it a boost. Because right now, I have to honestly say, the the initial announcement of the AAF looks a lot better just to John Q. Public than the initial XFL. Now, if you're a big Vince McMahon WWE fan, you don't want to hear that, and I know I, I it, it kind of hurts me in some part of my soul, but I understand it because this is a different world. This is football. The AAF looks a lot better, but hey, the whole time, Vince McMahon might have been behind it with Dick Ebersol to make young Charlie look good. That's another conspiracy theory out there. Yeah, and guys, I know we're up against it, but I just want to remind everybody, you know, a, a quick story time with myself here. It wasn't that long ago whenever, you know, a father – was in charge of a very successful sports promotion and his young brash son took over and, and, you know, people, the establishment didn't like what he was doing and he ended up gobbling talent, breaking unbroken rules. And he turned that into the biggest thing that the public has ever seen. And, and, you know, maybe this, this young Charles, he's looking up to, you know, what, what this guy did in the past, because I think the similarities are there. Yeah, it feels like Charlie Ebersol is trying to out Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, he's trying to do what young Vince McMahon did once upon a time in some ways and in the world of football. Maybe. Just give it. uh, Listen, if it is a if it is a big conspiracy, I can't wait till the documentary comes out. (laughs) I don't think it's a conspiracy that a young son is uh, very interested in something his dad did once upon a time, is trying to recreate it. That's not a conspiracy. I'm sure, I mean, he was kind of sneaky about it with the documentary. That's very juicy, but that's what I think is going on here. Brian, You, what do you think? Do you just think it's that and he's just hastily putting this together? Is that? I guess that's what I gathered throughout the show that you've been getting at. Charlie Ebersol is wanting to put a football league together. He's a rich kid who wants to have a league like his daddy once did. And he's going to get all of his fancy friends to help him. You got that for me? Because that's definitely not the direction I was going towards this whole show. Well, I mean, you were No, of course Charlie that's exactly what it is. <laughs> of course that's what it is. I mean, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, 
one of these leagues is going to survive. The other one isn't. Whatever the reasons are that this one came out now, who knows? Um, it seems like it's going to be a part of the XFL anyway in terms of like the rules and the and the, the structure and just everything in general. But <sighs> convincing is, is – I don't think it's some conspiracy. I don't think it's somebody trying – I definitely think Dick Ebersol is giving his – little son all the money in the world to do this i mean i'm sure that's what it is snl keep watching snl if you want aaf to succeed i guess is the thing well that does it for this week's episode this was a a bombshell of a week the alliance of american football who knows guys maybe at the end of the day we'll have an aaf versus xfl championship game and one day they'll form into one league much like the NFL did once upon a time, Jake. Maybe that happens. Uh, we'll have to see. See how you know how long both of them survive. Uh, just remember, you're definitely going to want to tune in next week. I have a hunch that you know the XFL they're going to be firing back, and next week <laughs> next week's show is going to be you know uh, AF. I, I think I'm using that term correctly. Mm, uh, not really, but not, this show. No. In general, though, this show always has football AF. For anybody who loves football, this is the show for you. Uh, Next week, we will get back to XFL City Madness, and we will go over the East region and come down to the two best cities for the XFL in 2020. Uh, But, of course, we will keep you up to date on all the news that comes out from the XFL and the AAF as well, as we're always excited for more football. Football AF, CFL, NFL, AAF. FAA and all of them, all of the football leagues. We got you covered right here on This is the XFL Show. Remember, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at XFL Show. The website, this is the XFL Show.com. Please subscribe button, smash that thing whenever you listen to the podcast and help blow this thing up because more people want football. They just got, haven't found us yet. And they, there are people all over the world, Brian, who want football AF. And that's what we're here for. Millions, right? There's millions yeah. of people. Millions, millions of people. Even, even after the NFL season ends. Uh, I don't know if Bryant will be back, though. Yeah, we're going to have to review the t- game tape here, uh, Jake. We'll review Bryant's ga- game tape uh, week two. Yeah, again, week a little. Two reviews, a, you know. Couple, <laughs> week two reviews, guys. A couple, of rev- a couple of rookie mistakes again, but overall strong show, young man. And hopefully we'll have Vince back next week as well. And maybe we'll even do a four-man show because I know he has a lot of things to say about the AAF. But this show is over with. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will see you next week. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.